0: Hello, everybody. Claire here. We're going to try something new to start this episode. We have a message for you from one of our $25 tier patrons on our Patreon. This is from Derek Helling of Derek Helling Sports, LLC. Uh, The message is uh, wear a dang mask indoors, outdoors, when you can social distance, when you can't social distance. Wear a mask. Keep everybody safe. Thank you to Derek for that, and thank you so much for supporting the Patreon and continuing your support of the South Side Trap and also the Chicago Red Stars. Uh, and now, enjoy the episode, everybody.
1: Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the South Side Trap Podcast, a podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Ready to recap a Chicago Red Stars victory, y'all. It's been so long. We finally get to talk about a Red Stars win in 2020. There's a lot to go through in this match, and I couldn't do it alone because no one can ever do anything alone. So I'm here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. The Scam Originator. How are you doing tonight, Claire? I'm
0: great. I keep, at every episode, I keep saying that I'm tired. And then, like, I just keep figuring out how much more tired a person can become <laughs> with every <Yeah>. passing week.
1: <laughs> you know what? Being tired today, we're recording this, you know, day after or so of this victory from the Red Stars. It was a different type of tired. It was a tired where I got to walk around with my chest puffed out a little bit. It was real nice. It was real nice to feel feel good about some things. Uh, Chicago Red Stars took on Utah Royals FC, guys, and uh, it certainly was a game of soccer that was played, and we will get into that a little more in depth, but just some stuff to talk about surrounding the game, I think, uh, to give some additional context to what we bear witness to on the pitch, tournament host, former Red Stars assistant coach Craig Harrington, Uh, taking on Utah Royals for the final match of group play. Chicago was entering this match, searching for more goals that they needed to be scoring, um, searching for their first group win, uh, stuff like that. So that was kind of like the storylines and narratives that were uh, being built into this match. Something also really cool that was happening off pitch, heading into this match, was a really cool initiative that was spearheaded by Sarah Gordon Uh, in collaboration with her teammates, Julie Ertz and Casey Shore, called Pass It On. And they started this Pass It On initiative to raise funds. So they wanted to raise funds for Get Your Mind Right Shy. Uh, It's something that provides mental uh, therapy and other forms of great therapies for the hood. So it was this really cool thing that sprung off on social media and players were tagging each other in posts and talking about uh, matching certain stats for the night. Some people were putting up money for whether or not there was going to be a win, a goal, stuff like that. So there was some real potential to raise money. Uh, We're still waiting to hear back on a number. So by the time this episode comes out, it probably will be around number for people to hear about and celebrate. But that was really cool to see. Um, And it was also really cool to see somebody like Julie Ertz, you know, Uh, really prolific player, Red Stars team captain, really put, literally put money on a win. She was like, I want to put money out. There's just a straight out win. So there were some feelings. There was like a lot of good energy coming into this match. And I think the vibes heading into it were real nice. What about you, Claire? What'd you think of that?
0: Yeah, definitely. I, it it was something that I definitely bounced around in my head a little bit because um, obviously it's it's not gambling, absolutely not gambling. It kind of felt a little bit like gambling though. and so and so for us, even as members of the media, I was like, oh, how can I participate in this without having it be dependent on an outcome because that seems weird. Or even like there was a moment where Craig uh, commended Sarah Gordon for everything she was doing, and I was like, uh, he can't participate right. That seems bad. He can't do that. Uh, so it's it's um, it was funny. It, it was so engaging and so so great to have it tied to performance and and to really have um, extra meaning to what the Red Stars were kind of trying to do. And I think that it, it was just kind of funny because I think that um, any player betting on themselves to succeed is like super fine, you know. But when you get into the weeds of like someone who's in the periphery of this, you're like, oh, I don't know if this is the right thing to do. But the good news is that it, it raised a whole lot of money um, for, for healthy hood. And, um, that's what matters. And honestly, God bless Casey short. Cause she probably doubled that shit, uh, in the 85th minute.
1: Yeah, it was really dope to have all the energy going into the match. It was also real fun for us personally, as people who cover this team, we were definitely like, which one of y'all are starting because we're paying attention to <laughs> yeah. all of these. <laughs> Stats. So that was real fun to play along with as well. But all that kind of good stuff, all that type of hype and energy that you got coming off pitch, heading into this match day, on top of all those additional storylines, you know, with, with searching for the goal, searching for the wins, final group match, blah blah blah. Right. Uh so we get into game day, guys. We get into game day, and I think there's a sort of vibe, a general vibe, right? As the Red Sox are taking on Utah Royals, that general consensus was that they felt pundits felt that like this team was going to come away with the result at the very least some goals probably a win uh they were going up against a Utah Royals team that uh, started off kind of hot and have really sort of teetered off into their group uh, stage and then now they're heading into knockout rounds winless I think uh they had some question marks that they were trying to figure out and in terms of the starting 11 I think we got to see a real philosophy between these two coaches so we're going to take a look at the Red Stars and see how they lined up against the tournament hosts first, just to sort of give a vibe of where they were coming from. Uh, in that, they had Alyssa Nair. They had Casey Short, Tierna Davidson, Julie Ertz, Sarah Gordon, Danny Colaprico, Morgan Bryan, Vanessa Bernardo, Kalia Watt, Rachel Hill, Savannah McCaskill, rounding out the starting 11. Got to say, when I saw that starting 11, great to see a player like Tierna Davidson be able to come into the final phase of group match get some minutes under her belt and everything else about it I thought that's a that seems like a pretty pretty solid lineup what do you think Claire yeah I think um
0: yeah so we talked about this a little bit about Chicago's rotation strategy and how it's honestly been different than than pretty much everybody else which is that I think I mean Chicago too to a certain extent but every team in this tournament is dealing with a bit of a war of attrition um where there are people who can keep doing this and people who can't and uh That is something that Chicago tried to combat by not asking their players to play all of the group stage games. And so they had available to them more what you would call quote unquote starters than pretty much everybody else in the league by the time you got other than North Carolina, by the time you got to uh, the final game day. Um, Except, and I think that this was an underrated element of this match. um, They started Tierna Davidson, which surprised me because I was not expecting her to have more than about a half hour in her. And that kind of played out in the game. And it's hard when you're trying to get a center back minutes because you're not supposed to sub center backs. That's not something that you're supposed to switch in and out of mid game. Um, So the red stars clearly decided to give her the first 30 rather than the, which makes sense. It's like a better 30 minutes than the last 30 um, when it comes to just like game state and stuff like that. So uh, I thought that was an interesting choice that ultimately didn't hurt the red stars at all but it's it definitely goes to show that chicago still very much has other things in mind than just winning these games.
1: Yeah, ahead of this match, you know, and prior to even the tournament kicking off, had coach Rory talked about how he was going to be utilizing his group play, we're going to see a lot of rotation, we're going to see a lot of different players and into this match specifically this final match during his media availability talking about how he had basically split that huge roster down into two groups and within this game they were going to start kind of connecting the dots and putting things together in terms of how they wanted to move forward uh, within this last game and within their knockout rounds. Uh, So in terms of the tournament host and former assistant (laughs) coach Craig Harrington, he rolled out as followed and we kind of were like, that's an interesting lineup in philosophy here. He had Abby Smith in net. Uh, let's see here: uh, Aminata Diallo, Taylor Leach, Rachel Corsi, John's Johnsdotter, Taylor Lytle, Madeline uh, Nolf, Katie Bowen, Ariel Ship, Mallory Weber, and Brittany Ratcliffe to round out their starting eleven. And there were some players on that pitch who are kind of staples, I think, for you know Utah Royals. But I think within this. Ad- starting 11 initial impression for me when i saw it was just like okay we're looking we're having players who have had like really good tournaments on the bench they've also seen a lot of minutes they're more veteran players obviously Maybe you're going to be taking this final match a little bit differently. Uh, As a head coach, you know what you're getting out of those players specifically, whether it's a player like Amy Rodriguez or a player like Vero that you know what you're going to get out of them. You don't need to evaluate them heading into knockout rounds uh, in terms of individual performances, but maybe, just maybe, you needed to for some other players. And that is what it looks like was happening primarily with this starting 11. What were some of your initial impressions of the Royals lineup, Claire?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think um, the Royals have been, have been to their credit, very interesting throughout this group stage. And um, I think that it's, it's the two philosophies, right? Like I think Chicago really kind of took their foot off the gas to start. And it looked like Utah was taking the foot off the gas to end. Um, because I think a lot, you know, the seeding discourse is what it is, but I think it's obvious to everybody that um, there's one result that you don't want and then everything else is just kind of, it doesn't matter as much. So I think that the Royals had done enough to keep themselves out of that eighth spot already before the game had even started. And you don't risk a player like Amy Rodriguez in a game that you don't need to win, especially when you're moving into a knockout stage. So I respected it a lot. I mean, they obviously desperately need to get Diallo involved um, after she had to, she flew into the States um, pretty close to the tournament and had to quarantine for a while. And um, so getting her involved is absolutely not what they had hoped or planned for. Um, And I thought actually she did a good job. So I I thought it was a solid squad. I think what we saw through much of the game was that they were perhaps playing more for a point rather than three.
1: I would agree with you. I think just sort of taking it half by half because there's really just one big hardcore moment where we're probably going to gush over in this game. So just sort of taking things holistically and taking them half by half before we get to the big moment and then before we just sort of go line by line. Um yeah, I think we saw the Red Stars come out in this game and they were pretty amped, man. And of course, there was all of that great stuff that they were bringing in off of the pitch, right? All the good vibes, um, starting 11 that is used to more or less playing together and vibing off of each other with the exception of, uh, you know, some of their top line in this game. And, you know, some of them put money on it, right? We made a couple jokes about that. Uh, And it was a night game, right? And they're they're playing on turf, and that stuff is still coming into play. So watching this team within the first half uh, trying to just – Set the tone immediately because you could tell the rest stars were trying to do that from the jump. And in this tournament, as we've seen, the goals are coming either really early or they're coming really late, y'all. And uh, we didn't see that early goal from the rest stars despite their efforts. There was a really good opportunity from Vanessa Di Bernardo, I believe it was, in the beginning. So that was really dope to see, uh, especially you know a player like her. When we've heard in the past uh, in terms of critiques that maybe they would like to see her shoot a little bit more, so it was good to see her kind of get on that. Um, but yeah, there were some moments of connecting play in the first half that just kind of weren't there. It was like the, the passing accuracy overall, I think in this first half was not great for either side of this team. Um, so yeah, some, some just disjointed play a little bit, even though you could just tell they were like super, super amped. Uh, what were some of your vibes of that first half?
0: Yeah, it was a little bit frantic. Um, it, it was, it, oh God, there's like a lot going on there. Um, First of all, it was a very different performance than what we saw against North Carolina, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if it was like the flip in expectations. I don't know if it was another week living in a hotel. I don't know what it was mentally that kind of changed from that game where it felt felt like everyone kind of had everything kind of mentally together to this one where it just seemed a lot more scattered. Um I think uh Oh, I <laughs> I think that actually that Vanessa DiBernardo shot was really good. I recommend people go back and watch it. Uh, Rachel Corsi got a great block in there because if Rachel Corsi had not been there, that was a goal. It was a well, really well-placed shot. She took her time. She hit it in Seoul. Abby Smith wasn't going to get there. So that was like a better chance, I think, than it felt in the moment. Um, I think it's become Chicago's DNA a little bit that they don't get a ton of chances. So when one that good doesn't work, um, it's harder to bounce back from. Also part, it was a very lop. It was very lopsided in terms of parts of the field, which was actually more due to Utah than to Chicago. Utah was overloading their right side, Chicago's left. And, um, which is interesting because they had done similar things with different personnel on the pitch. So I'm not sure if they were thinking more of like a three back swing where you have some players pushing more forward on one side and they're more defensive on the other. Um, so you saw a lot of action by Casey short and Kaylee Watt on that left side, um, just because those were where the opportunities were being presented because that was where Utah was flowing, like all of their play. Um And I think, you know, we've talked about this before. I think Kalia Watts' work rate was fantastic. Um, Chicago had one really poor defensive breakdown, but outside of that, Utah wasn't getting a lot of looks. Um, But yeah, I think um, this was something that I had more trouble with in the moment, but I feel kinder about in retrospect, which was just that the brains weren't in it at all. Um, And I think it was in, in the moment, I was frustrated by that um not necessarily even at the players but just like with the coaching staff it's like what were you doing preparing these guys for this game but I think the feedback that we're getting from everybody not just from Chicago is that the mental aspect of all of this gets harder with every day that passes and I want to be mindful of that and so a little bit I um I don't want to make any large arcing statements about the first half of this game as it would pertain to the larger future um, while also acknowledging that it like, it wasn't very good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Again, shout out to, to Kaley Watt. I, now that the group play has concluded. Um, I am a Kelly Watt respecter and also admire. I really appreciated her work rate in these group stages, particularly in this first half of this game uh really prior to that heading into that hydration break really you know watching this team try to connect on some things and then kind of coming out of the hydration break and still really trying to stick to the what looked like was their initial game plan for that first half so just yeah just really appreciated um her her work rate on the pitch throughout the yes throughout the group play but particularly in this match and in terms of heading into halftime and staying amped and staying amped up you know guys sometimes Claire said it best you know you don't you don't shoot with your foot sometimes sometimes you shoot with your heart and uh, we saw a really great build up happen of course starting with one missed team captain, Julie Ertz, feeding a ball through. And you got to see Morgan Control with the hustle play, get on this ball, take a shot. And as she took this shot, uh, we had Abby Smith also making a play on the ball. And there was some knocking of some knees there. And she she got a little hurt, guys. She got a little hurt.
0: A little bit. It's only because I think she's generally okay, that I feel like I can – I mean, I'm not making any promises for game time, but she's generally okay, uh, that I can celebrate that moment because, God.
1: Yeah, we didn't the, know how to perceive it at the time because we wanted to be amped about it. Right,
0: but it was scary. So, But it was – Right, <laughs> but, like, God, you guys, that player who gets so much, like, shade for not being physical and – just like not being involved in the game, just like running her ass off to I sacrifice her body against a goalkeeper running right at her just to try to get that ball on that. I was like, fuck,
1: yeah, that yeah. rules. I didn't know how much I needed a Morgan Gutrell fuck it play. Exactly. And I did in that moment. Yeah. And like watching Julie Ertz feed this ball through and Morgan Gutrell just knowing just knowing i was like what what guys what had the two been playing since like 2012 or something like what's going on here and like watching the connection happen, and, and seeing unfortunately the collision and you know it was nice to hear again post game that they felt like she could have gone right back right. in after having the halftime to evaluate uh but again group why last game play, yeah. they just why do it yeah. yeah so that took us um to halftime and we're going to roll into how this second half folded out for the red stars because really it's the he- second half that we were pretty, pretty hyped on. I thought the red stars came into this second half and we saw them make a couple adjustments and we started seeing the subs in this game it actually take place early as Claire alluded to already, you know, we saw Jenna Davidson come off and what was obviously a bit of a, a plant substitution. And that was earlier in the half, right around the hydration break, uh, about 30th 33rd minute right around there and then we had katie johnson come in for morgan and this is going to be the part of the show guys where we talk about katie johnson and her performance because it was absolutely fucking dope and she is someone we are here for claire speak on it
0: Yeah. So, um, I think I'm going to write about this a little bit for the Patreon, but I think that, um, like I said, a lot of the play was being siphoned away from the right side of the field in the first half. But, um, I think that there was also an inability on the right side. And part of it has to do with the fact that the right back position changed half a half hour in Sarah Gordon moved inside and Zoe Gorowski came in. So there was always going to be a little bit of disruption there when it comes to what, was happening with the defense and also just like shout out to Sarah Gordon for like being asked to play two positions like planned and fucking rocking it but um but when Katie Johnson came in and Rachel Hill got moved centrally, Katie Johnson like I, I do this so you guys don't have to but when you're looking at her pass map and her touch map, her involvement in forty five minutes was insane she Everywhere. got in the game and not every idea worked but she was making them and she was doing it and it was a spark to everything else it she was connecting with mccaskill better because mccaskill came further um, back on the pitch so she was playing more of a 10 role in in the in the second half and those two together are really developing something very cool Um, it was like she came in and she took the pressure off a little bit she's like i'm gonna do this I'm going to be running around. I'm going to be making these passes. I'm the one you got to look for. And that settled everything in a way. And it also coincided with Chicago changing the way they were playing. Um, And that all worked really well.
1: It was dope to see because that midfield coming into the second half, everyone was pretty amped. But we saw moments in that first half when that midfield was getting a little bit bossed around.
0: Yeah. Well, Utah was being very physical. Yeah.
1: And they got more physical in the second half, man, believe it or not. It's almost like their assistant coach was telling them to do some things and they were going out there and doing some things. Uh Uh-huh. For their head coach, excuse me, former assistant coach, (laughs) told them to do some things and they went out there and they did it. Uh, Yeah, we saw some of the the midfielders, you know, maybe seeing some time down on that pitch face first. Uh, Wasn't dope. But having a player like Katie Johnson and immediately forcing that movement, to happen off the ball changes some things up. It changes the movement, it changes the shape, it changes the perspectives and it's dope. And I think it is very cool to see that happening in a final group stage match as you're heading into knockout rounds because that type of fluidity and that type of chemistry is important to have as you're entering those type of games. so, yes, we enjoyed what we saw out of her specific performance, but I also really loved what it was doing for the players around her as well, and that was really, really dope. And as things got later into this second half, we saw the rest of us trying to get more opportunities in net there, and unfortunately, same memo, guys, finishing that there. We weren't seeing the balls hitting the back of the net. You look like you're a deep thought, Claire. I don't want to keep going if there's something there that I hit on.
0: No, no, no. You're good. You're good. I, I was just going to, yeah, I was just going to add that Um, I think we should probably pivot into sp- speaking more specifically on what we think Utah's game plan was in that second half. Um, because not only, so like I said, the, I, the feeling that Utah was playing for a point really came in the second half of this game where there was a lot of and it's just, it's, I'm projecting, I'm 100% projecting, but it is Craig Harrington. And there was a lot of Chicago Red Stars midfielders attacking midfielders being dumped on the ground right outside of the box and be, being given these set pieces and Harrington being like, what are you going to do? What, you're going to
1: kick the ball into the net? I don't think you yeah, are. He was, it was almost like he was daring them a little bit. Yeah. Hearing the Red Stars to beat them on the set piece, which is a little hilarious yeah. as we're getting deeper and deeper into this game. We saw additional substitutions made for Utah as well. I think that also sort of set the tone to something. We got to see the uh, King come on, someone that they're very high on. We actually got to see the tournament debut of a player like Kelly O'Hara for Utah Royals FC, someone uh, you know that they relied heavily upon before, very good outside back, uh, World Cup champion, et cetera, et cetera. You guys all know the record. It's the same song. So we got to see this player come into the match. And this was right around the 72nd minute. So you're hitting crunch time in these moments, guys. So seeing those type of substitutions an outside back that tends to get into attack a little bit more, a young and hungry player like Ziara King, you're wondering, okay, so is this game about to get? A little bit more open in these final 15, or are we about to see maybe some defensive shape coming into play for Chicago? So they made some additional substitutions of their own. We saw Michelle Vasconcelos coming for Cleo Watt, who put in 83 minutes on this night, and uh, Mackenzie Doniak also coming in after a really big moment. And as uh, we saw Craig Harrington maybe dare the Red Stars to beat them on the set piece, uh, we saw Savannah McCaskill turn into a quarterback, and it was quite the Hail Mary that she lobbed up and we just got to see the world's most beautiful dunk (laughs) ever. Right before... Oh, sorry. I didn't think we could top the type of dunk that Casey Short gave us in 2019 in Orlando. But the elevation, the posterization of one Miss Kelly O'Hara by Casey Short made this goal absolutely vicious. It was so beautiful to watch. I can watch it again and again, play it at my funeral. I'll be one happy dead bitch. It was great and it gave the Red Stars the win. I
0: haven't I haven't seen an outside back look that bewildered since Kristen Press did it to Lucy Bronze last year at the World Cup, man. It's the exact same thing. Um okay two things I want to say real quick. First thing, um before Savannah McCaskill dip that ball up she got wrecked and had a goose egg the size of my fist on her head um
1: we saw it forming in real time you see
0: it in real time yeah it you, the good news is usually guys i promise with these things with those things it's probably not that bad it it just happens um but all it reminded me of last year when sam kerr got a goose egg from like a goal line clearance or something, remember? And then she was like, it made me feel it makes me feel like I play a real sport. Um anyway, you know, we we've talked about the development of Savannah McCaskill on this podcast before. We're gonna keep talking about it. She is working so hard for this team. Um second thing. Um I'm a bit of a a a disasterist. I I'm a I'm a tough person to watch sports with because I I have trouble believing that good things can happen. Um, And I was struggling (laughs) through this game, but I had the thought at halftime, I was like, Oh man, I don't know if they can do this. And then the other voice in my head said, well, that's what you said in 2019 in Orlando too. And guess what? They fucking did it. And so getting to see having Casey short do that, you know, it's like, it's like how I'm really going off here. It's like how, you, if you're afraid of your house being hit by a plane, you should buy a house that's already been hit by, the, by a plane because it makes it l- way less likely that that's going to happen. Um, but like, so Casey Short is the plane and she did it twice. <laughs> and it's- She beat the odds? She beat the odds. No, it's true. She did. Like the fact that that happened in the exact same way is highly unlikely, but also is just indicative of her. Um, and also- even before that had happened, she had gotten one of the red star's best shots on target um like ten minutes before, so she was like up there they they were they wanted to win they they changed the game plan in order to win um but yeah, the error that she got and the fact that um and this is just like quarantine vibes, like her ponytail right now is very powerful um and yeah just o'hara messed up and short there was no way Abby smith was getting a finger on that ball and i couldn't in in real time i couldn't believe it but then like right after it happened i was like of course of course that of course that's what happened of course that was it
1: the service fierce the movement fierce the height fierce the goal fierce casey short is chosen and that's that on that, And it was very nice to feel nice things because, yeah, Claire, honestly, similar to you, wasn't feeling super great leading up to that moment. Uh, it just felt like it was going a certain type of way until the Red Stars decided that it wasn't going to. So the win ensured them that they were not going to finish in eighth. And it ensured them that that they would have to watch the following games, which took place on Monday to sort of kind of figure out where they were going to be matched up in terms of their quarters. So while there was some stuff in there that we still had questions about, and I think this is the time where we did it last episode and maybe we'll do it now. We talked a little bit holistically about it, but in terms of going line by line for, for the team, I mean, we saw another backline performance that we've seen from these defenders throughout this group, stage and I actually do want to take a moment to talk about that because I think it's really easy to just sort of gloss it over and be like oh Chicago's defending was good because it's always good because it's who they are and while that's very cool and also very true uh it happened with different personnel throughout numerous moments in this group stage uh several defenders played on the back line within this group play and there were lots of good individual performances yes and also very good collective performances and uh shout out to them for closing out the group stage the way they did it was incredibly incredibly dope it was cool to see a player like Sarah Gordon still have it at outside back and at center back she's still showing us that she's that type of versatile player um but yeah really dope for the back line uh the midfield the midfield line I mean I think fair to say we know who they are. Uh, Danny Colaprico is the shit. I still haven't really shifted from that movement. Uh, I hope Morgan Gautreaux is feeling better and on men after that wonderful, brave shot that she decided to take. I she's someone who I has felt that she's also had a very good, strong showing in this tournament, uh, looking like a player. And we've heard from a number of players already saying that this extra time actually might have benefited them a little bit um so yeah looking at players like Morgan Mitchell looking at players like Vanessa DiBernardo or Danny Colaprico and seeing them come into this match seeing them come into this group play and uh someone like Colaprico really building over the group games and having the kind of strong finish that she had was was pretty dope and then we got the top line and uh this is probably be something that I dive into for you guys this week uh just reiterating that I am a Kenya what appreciator and respecter just really have enjoyed her uh her work rate really have enjoyed her seeing her hustle really have enjoyed her ideas as well um I really like seeing in this group play the group play was going to be utilized for uh evaluating certain things I liked the ideas that we saw from Owa. I think that I said it very early in this group stage that I feel like this is a move that made a lot of sense for the Red Stars and I feel like it's one that's going to have its eventual payoff um, I like her mindset I like her vibes and um, I do think that she's going to maybe get a goal in this tournament and I'm hoping that it happens very soon uh, within the knockout rounds but good stuff uh, which we also have other forwards that we've seen in the top line and I know that we're looking at this as a whole in terms of group play but it's a little unfair to maybe put certain expectations within that lens but on the other side of that you know I think we're also talking about like well there's been four games if we were talking about this in a full season capacity if we were talking about a player like Mackenzie Doniak or a player like Rachel Hill or a player like Savannah McCaskill or Katie Johnson and X, Y, and Z forwards that are on this roster, you know, and we were hitting that fourth week, people would be having these conversations about what's going on with the offense or why are things not clicking? I mean, Part of that narrative existed when Sam Kerr wasn't connecting on cylinders within her first three to four weeks as a red star. People were like wanting to talk about that. So we're talking about that a little bit here on this podcast. We don't have a lot of the concrete answers in terms of why uh, certain forwards uh, aren't connecting, Um, but a lot of it does have to do we feel with a lot of the circumstances that are going around this group and claire you touched about that about how maybe it's there needs to be that little bit of perspective sometimes
0: yeah i think so a couple of things thing number one is that um we talked about this the night of but should be said on the podcast that yuki nagasato um, picked up a knock a minor leg thing in training um and she and basically when that happened the Chicago training staff was like we're not going to make you do anything you don't feel comfortable doing and also we don't want to risk you so they said there's a possibility she doesn't play for the rest of the tournament some perspective on that that's 1 to 3 games um and and then also she she posted on her social media yesterday this feeling that she was maybe not feeling super great even before this happened um, not no, not in a way for anyone to place extra significance on it, but I just want to encourage when you have a lot of players and a lot of coaches, try to express in the most professional way they possibly can that this is is and is increasingly really hard to do. Listen to them. So we want to talk about this team. We want to break stuff down. We're going to. We're going to have some written work this week that does that um, the NWSL had a player have a panic attack this game, this, this match week. Um, every single coach has said emotionally and mentally, every single team has hit a wall. And I I don't want to ignore that when we talk about players not doing well. Do I think that that is the only reason some players are struggling? No, of course not. But It has to be taken into account and in the way that we're appreciative that they're doing it at all um, and putting themselves through this to perpetuate the excellence of this league. Um, I also want to say, I don't think they needed to play four games. I think you have a team drop out, you play three. I don't know what content promises they made to CBS All Access for their content. I'm not even saying that that's what happened. I think that every single team Looked and maybe tried to communicate that this extra game and the things they've had to do for the past three weeks to to facilitate this extra game were maybe too hard. Just leaving that where it is. I'm glad that mostly everyone has made it through physically, okay. Not everybody did. Um, and I want to acknowledge that I don't believe nor expect that everyone has come out of this mentally, okay. Um, so just want to put all of that out there going forward in that trying to just weigh everything appropriately I guess is how I feel
1: absolutely I'm in 100% agreement with you um, those are all very important perspectives to keep in place and ones that we're just encouraging people to try and keep as best they can when they're consuming this soccer um, I mean I remember Claire when you and I were trying a content plan for how we wanted to approach covering the tournament and a huge part of that we joked about about it a lot, but a huge part of it was that we felt the soccer was going to be fake. Yeah, we literally yep. was just like, right. it's going to be difficult to really try to um, go through these games in an analytical type of lens, uh, just because of so many things surrounding this. Um, this all of the sports, really, not just end of your Any of the ones that have made the choice to return, they're going to be difficult to sort of cover and critique the circumstances that have surrounded this entire year are just monstrous really and uh it's a impacted everybody including the human beings who are playing professional sports so that's just something that we always try uh to keep in perspective uh moving forward and it's it's you can really see that it's not just the one team specific thing guys this isn't just a red star thing it's an everywhere team claire brought up Bethany Balser of All Rain going out on record, talking about that she literally was suffering a panic attack mid game, that that was a very real thing she was going through with her anxiety. And um, these are all just very real things happening, you know, and it's, it's easy to talk about it in X's and O's and scoreless, games or multi-goal games uh, but it's more than that uh, and it's not just the red stars we're seeing a number of teams have struggles in front of nets whether that's a lack of creativity or a mental gap or something so it's just something that's very present and very real and it's very real for yes the red stars but yes so many other teams in this tournament so uh, that being said it's been a wild group stage uh it's been a real joy to watch uh, I've mostly so- had fun We mostly had fun. Um, It was tough even uh, mid-group stage, just sort of even processing that we were having the return of NWSL to watch. Uh, personally speaking um it's something that i find myself having to just remind myself of every day like oh this this is happening this is the game week we're covering games in a week so it's uh, it's been real but the group stages have concluded and the red stars are going to be officially facing oil rain in their quarterfinals. they ended up finishing Six, seeding in six due to a number of things that ended up taking place uh, in games following their match on Sunday. There were a few games that took place that following Monday. And once all of that shook out, uh, you know, Portland ending out how they ended out against the rain and Sky Blue ended up losing to North Carolina. So it shook things out a certain type of way. And now the Red Stars ended up six and they're going to be taking on the third seated oil rain. still weird to believe that that's how that happened for oil rain. Cause they've had an interesting journey as well. And we're going to preview that a little bit to close out the episode. They're going to be taking on oil rain in the quarterfinals on Saturday guys. So Pay attention to that and CBS All Access if you want to continue to root on your Chicago Red Stars for another weekend, guaranteed at least. Uh, We're going to find out some more things in the duration of this week uh, that you will also probably find out by the time this episode drops. You're talking about things like that we hear out of training availabilities, uh, things like game notes or injury reports, and we will be doing our best throughout the week to keep you guys all updated on that but just looking at these teams head to head i think looking at a bracket you think oh well maybe the red stars kind of got like you know a good spot in the bracket and blah 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 guys that's garbage don't don't think about it like that i mean there's no way to think about it this way i've been asked numerous times my take on this thing and i literally called it the courage cup it's north carolina courage and there's so many other teams and that includes the Chicago Red Stars and O.L. Reign, and I don't know if I'm looking at these two teams, and I could sit here and say that they either match up well together or match up poorly together, but I do think these are two teams that have struggled in front of goal, so we're going to definitely see some type of soccer. What do you think, Claire?
0: Yeah, I think this one might play out in the middle of the pitch, Sandra. I'm not sure if we're going to see a lot of of end-to-end action here. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I like O.L. Reign. I,
1: uh... You like ye old Reign?
0: Yeah, I, I have no beef with them. I think, um... Similarly to Chicago, I think they could probably point to their defense doing well. Um, they actually have struggled more in front of goal than Chicago has. Um, worst in the tournament, I think. Only one goal scored. Uh... Uh, But they've also been putting pieces together. Um, We saw yesterday Jess Fishlock and Sofia Huerta get their first minutes for the club. I don't know if one more week is enough time to get them a full half. but I guess Huerta played a full half, but to get them enough significant minutes to really work their way in. um, The best for them is probably in front of them, not behind them. But um, Chicago's played that team well historically, but it's a new coach. It's a new crest. It's a new... A lot of new faces on the roster. It's like we're starting back at square one, actually. And I know that it might seem boring to play a team that you've already played in this tournament, but it does make it harder for us to talk about it a new team because I'm like, I don't know actually what's going to yeah, happen at all.
1: Did that cross your mind when you finally saw the bracket? I was like, oh man. I was like, all these other guys get to play teams they already played before. They like, played oh, we before. They we know what talk- to
0: say. Yeah. We gotta
1: talk about a new team. Oh man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, no, I'm excited though. I think it should be fun. I think that, um, yeah, I just think that it's, it's, it's nice to play a team that I I mean, I'm going to be real, you know, there, there are elements of difficult ways to say this as a media member, but, um, I will be completely honest when faced with the possibility of another knockout, a, a quick knockout game against the courage. I was going to, um, it was going to be tiring, maybe is the best way to put it. Um, and I am energized by not having that be the case, I guess. Um, and I would like to think, I would think poss- probably for fans, it's it's similar, though they might have stronger words than I to say about it. But um, yeah, I like... In a way, it's harder, but I also like that there's no narrative between these two teams because it's just going to go be a soccer game, which it should be. That's, like, all the weight that should be put on it. Like, 22 players are going to go out there on that pitch, and they're going to play some soccer, and maybe someone will score a goal, but uh, I don't know, And and that'll be fun, you know? I think it'll be great.
1: Maybe someone will score a goal. Maybe someone's going to have to make some saves. We'll see, guys. We'll see. It's knockout rounds. Just for people who aren't aware of the rules, you already have been seeing the five-sub rule in play in group match. That's just something that's happening. Hydration breaks are happening. That's just still happening. In terms of knockout rounds, there will be no extra time. It's going straight to penalty kick. So if they're deadlocked at zero at 90, Hang on to your butts. You're going to see a penalty shootout. Yeah, that's the
0: right thing to do to make them play over time.
1: I think that was very smart of NWZL to add that rule. So it is is what it is, guys. So uh, prepare yourselves for all scenarios. Uh, I'm looking forward to finally having the potential drama and vibe of a knockout round. You know, so much of group play, as we heard from so many coaches, not just Rory Dames, you know, who were utilizing it for evaluating, for experience. And now all that stuff is kind of not necessarily being thrown out the window, but the perspective is definitely shifting. Um, So you're starting to see some different vibes and some different attitudes towards a quarterfinal. And I'm looking forward to it. Claire, who are you maybe looking forward to seeing have an impact for the Red Stars?
0: I would like a forward to score.
1: I think that's pretty fair. I think that's simple and vague, and I think that's good. I'm leaving
0: it open, you know, for – for. there's lots of ways they can do that.
1: <laughs> Wish upon a star, I guess. I don't even – where do we go? Yeah, no, let's keep it open with that. I would agree. Uh, maybe that's like an X factor for the Red Sox that they have. It's like, hmm. That's true. Scored, but their defender yeah. has also scored, and their midfielder has also scored. So it's like one of those – one of those cool things they
0: are they are really spreading it around they are
1: yeah so I'm uh I'm looking forward to the matchup I, I'm right there with you I'm going to keep mine open-ended as well I, I think we've seen OL Rain come into this tournament with their new head coach and show a real uh commitment we'll just say to uh establishing themselves within their style of play um they have very slowly built up over the group play Um, and I don't know if I'm entirely convinced um, how these two teams are going to match up against each other and how the midfields are going to sort of maybe counteract each other or possibly cancel each other out maybe we'll we'll see Um, but yeah I'm right there with you I would really love to see not a defender score for the Red Stars and with that i think that everyone should try their best to pay attention there's gonna be a lot of content coming at you from all sorts of areas but if you have been with us on this journey at Southside trap make sure you're paying attention as a patron as a subscriber claire has mentioned some good stuff that she wants to put out there i've mentioned some stuff of course, as always, guys, we're going to hit you up with a preview. We're going to hit you up with a recap we're hit you with this episode. And guess what, guys? We're maybe going to get some insight from some players as well, and we might have another little player episode for you as well. We know how much you enjoy those. You know how much we enjoy being able to interview and engage players as well. Claire, folks want to keep engaging with you. Where can they find you?
0: Uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Follow Southside Trap on Twitter. But, yeah, uh, follow the Patreon you know, more days off is, is more opportunities to do interesting things. Game day is good. Other things are also good. Um, but yeah, I think that that's where you're going to find me for the most part, you know, who knows, but that's, that's the idea.
1: Red stars are going into their knockouts or going into their playoffs. Oh, and- the
0: thing I was, the thing I didn't say that I did want to say is that, um, you know, we're saying, you know, we, we've been trying to manage expectations about this corner final, but I do want to say There's no reason to not believe or hope for as a Red Stars fan that they will also be in the semifinal. They can win this game.
1: Get hyped, guys. We love, we absolutely love a Chicago Red Stars playoff vibe. We live for it. It has been a very special treat that we have been able to witness. This team have so many playoff experiences, and this one just looks a little bit different just because of, again, all the circumstances. It's in a tournament style format, but that's what this is, guys. Red Stars are starting off in their playoff March, and they just have one additional round to do it. They've got a quarterfinal, potentially a semifinal. If they want to really challenge for that (laughs) Challenge Cup. So make sure you keep the energy going guys we love to see it we love to receive it we appreciate you all so much if you want to find me and my shenanigans you can do that on twitter if you want but only if you're nice you got to do it at standard at underscore h-e-r-r-e-r-a underscore but more than anything else you just need to continue your support of the south trap podcast and you can do that by finding us on the patreon and subscribing and joining our community And you can find us on all social media channels Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Southside Chat Pod with one letter P. But we're also on streaming services. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes. Make sure you find us. Give us a like, subscribe rating review that stuff helps us out tremendously whenever we're trying to produce chicago red stars content for you all thank you all so much for hanging out with us during the group stages wash your hands wash your face wash everything wear your mask and support and protect black lives we will be back with you to recap our red stars quarterfinal next week everybody stay safe